again. This is Amber Flores. I am a Christian counselor, mother, sister, and friend. Please know that what is said here should not replace anything that is said by your physician, your pastor, or your therapist. Please do not look to this personal segment as a counseling session for yourself. What's up, you guys? So today we are talking about having a prayer life and how it helps. Um, upon understanding what a prayer life is, we will take that information and continue to look at it throughout the lens of our lives. This will allow you to be able to be engaged in prayer and see how your obedience and your vulnerability can transform your life. Of course, it will not only be me here talking. Obviously, I have a special guest here. Um, but we will have her coming in and she will be able to fill us on on what it means to have a prayer life, what it means to her and how she incorporates prayer in her life and the act of surrendering to God that penetrates peace and grace. So without further ado, I would like you guys to welcome Miss Rachel Larson. She is a licensed mental health counselor. I was going to say an LMHC. <laughs> so people don't know what that means. <laughs> she is a licensed counselor uh, with her own private practice. Um, she is a woman of many talents. Uh, we'd be here all day if I told you many things I kind of know about her. Um, I'm sure there's more beneath the surface that I don't know yet. <laughs> she is a woman of faith, but most of all, she is a woman of strength and tenacity. Um, so Miss Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your journey, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, as it relates to prayer life and to anything, <laughs> just a little bit about you kind of let people know who you are, stuff like that. We'll talk a little bit about your practice and stuff at the end. So if you want to kind of give them a little introduction about you, that would be perfect. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, I, when I first went off to college, I wanted to study psychology, but everyone in my life said, uh, that doesn't make any money. So, and you're too smart for that. Do something else. So I, <laughs> right, exactly. I didn't think about that either. I was like, oh, student loans, sure. Sign me up. I'll try this. And I tried everybody's idea of what I should do. And, uh, being the people pleaser that I was at the time, and, um, yeah, majored in probably at least a dozen different things, maybe more. I could be a surgeon by now with as much schooling as I have and a bunch of different areas. You're a surgeon of the mind now. <laughs> and I had the student loans to prove it. <laughs> so, so um, but eventually I came back to psychology. This is where I was led. Um, I, you know, it was difficult, it was challenging, but it was, it was something I was meant to do. And so um, along the way, it gave me a chance to live life and make the big mistakes and have my adventures and recover from, you know, drama and trauma. And so, whereas if I had just gone into that as originally planned, you know, I would have a different story. And so now I, I can relate a lot more with people when they come in. I lived a lot of uh, experiences that I probably wouldn't wish on anyone, but <laughs> since I got it, like, no use wasting a good mistake. <laughs> 
You are so funny. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you for sharing. And you're right. I, I think that as much as we don't like some of the demands that life brings on us, I think it does kind of open our eyes and we're a little bit more empathetic to that, to that journey or that struggle that, you know, our clients have, because we, we've been there, we know what that pain is like. We might not necessarily know the severity of theirs as well as they might not know the severity of ours, but we know what that pain is like in that struggle, especially. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you guys just off of that. I mean, I'm just saying she's like, the way I see her as a survivor and very much a force to be reckoned with. She's so smart. I'm telling you guys, she's this woman of smart. Sometimes she says things and I'm like, who are you? Like you sound like very educated. <laughs> I love it. I just love the conversation because you never know where they're going to go. <laughs> so beautiful. You're too kind. <laughs> but we are here to talk about a prayer life as well. Uh, when I hear the term a prayer life, I see myself today just like totally being um, undone in a moment with God, you know, and just allowing him to show me who he is while I unveil who I have been in front of him. Um, and some, I've heard people like, what does that mean? Like to unveil, I'm like, well, sometimes we try to hide that piece as if, you know, God doesn't see that, like, as he doesn't know our thoughts and our feelings, but he knows all of that. And so for me, like when I look, think of the word prayer time, I think of that again, just, you know, not caring because I know he's not judging me. Um, I know he's not going to criticize me. I know he's not going to condemn me or make me feel like I'm less than because I made a mistake or, um, something turned out the way I didn't expect it because I wasn't listening to him. You know, prayer can be a Christian's dilemma and source of tension at times if we expect it to be something that, it, that it's not. I, I know I used to feel like, oh, it's, it's got to look like this and it's got to feel like this. And I felt like so much, I just so discombobulated just with God because I was like trying to, I was trying to make it fit into what I wanted. And then God was like, that's your, your, no, no, just stop. That's not what it is. It's, it's, it's not about that at all. Um, and I'm sure other people have kind of felt that way too at one point in time. For me, it changed when I realized I had to stop praying, so to speak, and just just talk to God and have that conversation with him and just being just vulnerable with him and just tell him and everything. Just, again, not like he doesn't know it anyway. I'm um, talking to him like he's like he's my best friend because he is, you know. Um, sometimes as I'm driving, I'm like talking to him and like he's in the front seat. I'm like, you just you see that car? Like, oh my God, like where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of make it like really real to me, um, for me. And that's when I realized it became easier for me to, to really speak with him. Um, but when we look at what it means to have a prayer life, what comes to your mind? Like, what do you think of when you hear that term? Well, uh, what I think comes to mind is actually several things at once. Um, as part of that is what I used to think it meant growing up in the church, um, my parents were missionaries um, for a period of time. My dad's still a, a Baptist minister and a, and a missionary um, these days. So, um, you know, so it's very close to the teaching of having the spiritual discipline of having a prayer life. And as a child, it felt like something that was, um, you know, serious. Right. <laughs> and people like, uh -oh. would talk about it, even right. <laughs> well, and yeah, my mom was like, uh, not Baptist. She was, you know, non-denominational. She was charismatic for a little while, like, you know, kind of dabbled in and some different denominations. And so I would hear people talk about prayer as like, it was a sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like you have to pay the price to fill God's presence and, right. and sacrifice and all this kind of stuff, which might be true on one level to a degree. Um, and in some instances, but I thought, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to pay any prices. Like, right. But I just want to be 
free. I just want to live my life and not be stressed about stuff. And, uh, and so going through my journey and recognizing that there are many different types of prayer and that our relationship with God is like any other relationship. And we don't set aside special time with the people in our lives that we love, those relationships suffer. And right. even our conversational chatter that we have will diminish or become more surface level. Right. And the whole relationship suffers. And so it is important to take special time to focus on our prayer and our spiritual disciplines. Um, and so um, I think conversational prayer with God throughout the day is awesome and it's great. But I think we also need to set aside these more intimate moments with God that are just special and intimate with us and, and him. Oh, I agree. Beautiful insight. And I love how you use that word sacrifice and kind of made it real world because people, there are, I have heard people like, oh, it's a sacrifice trying to get this. I have this much to do. And, and they're right. It can feel like a sacrifice when we're sacrificing our time or when we'd rather be, you know, doing something else or something like that. And then it's almost like we forget. I say we, because I've been in that position too, that I think we forget like just the beauty that's around us and just the grace that he's given and, you know, the, the forgiveness. And it's like, so I'm just asking for just a moment. Like it's not asking for, you know, eight hours out of your days. And it's not like a job, you know, it's not that, but it's, it's, it's to me, it's more like that just humility and knowing who he is and what he does and knowing that it doesn't matter. He's not asking for a lot and he deserves more than that. Um, but oh, I just love the way you worded it. And great. Thank you for the clarity of a lot of that. That's, that's beautiful. Um, but you're right. You mentioned about the variety of prayers and there, there are various times where we have to figure out, okay, is this, like you said, is this a, just a conversation where I'm having with him or is this where, you know, I am just boldly coming, you know, to the throne and just, you know, really praying, was a uh, praying fire and brimstone down because <laughs> so much is going on. I just need that. Um, and I, I agree. And I, I mean, I know about you, but I mean, I, I, I'm like, I want that prayer life. I want to be able to have that prayer for attitude where it's not like, oh, really, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. You know, it's not like I have to be on my knees, you know, next to my bed, you know, with the Bible out and, you know, my hands crossed or whatever. I can just lay on my bed, you know, and just be like, yo, okay, God, here we go. Here we go again. It's, you know, your faithful servant down here that's messing it up again. <laughs> and it's okay. And he's okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, for me too, it also helps me to remain with gratitude and a heart of thankfulness, which keeps me from falling into simply asking God to intervene in situations, especially situations that I've kind of caused within myself. And it reminds me to keep acknowledging his character and, and praising his goodness because he's, he's always there. Um, and asking, you know, God, you know, Jesus, just be with me now, protect me. You know, sometimes just something so small like that, again, just acknowledging his presence and acknowledging who he is. Um, can, can, who knows where that can lead. Sometimes I try to like, just say that or every now and then, and then it leads me to just having this full blown moment. And I'm trying to drive in the car and I'm crying. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm about to like, I need to pull over or something. Cause this is a way I expected it to go. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've had those moments and I'm pretty sure you haven't, anybody else has probably experienced that time where you're like, you know, like, I'm really tired. I really don't feel like doing this, but then like, okay, let me just get a quick one out or whatever type thing. <laughs> let me just hurry to get this over with. Um, so for you, if that's ever happened to you, or if it has not, how could you help build someone else up in those moments where they didn't really feel like, like praying or continuing that prayer life? Well, um, I hope we don't have to cut this part out, but <laughs> we're not going to, it's going full throttle, dear. 
But I think it's kind of like, you know, anybody who's been married or in a romantic relationship with a partner, you know, there's times that sometimes they just aren't feeling all up to having sex and the other person wants to have sex. But if they, like, they're just tired or whatever. But once they start, then they get in the mood. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, yeah, I kind of like this. I kind of want this now. Yeah. <laughs> they're like I wasn't on the moon before but now I am and I'm glad we did this and I think prayer is very much the same thing that like sometimes you're like I'm not in the mood I just I don't have the energy or I don't think I can I can muster that but sometimes just creating that space anyway and bringing who we are and where we're at into that place then puts us in the mood and we're glad that we did that. We're glad that we showed up. <laughs> right. I'm glad I said yes to that one. <laughs> and no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and I, I hear it's so funny. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Pastor Jerry Flowers. Like one thing that he, especially when he talks about um, his sermons about, you know, relationships and stuff. And I've heard him say that a few times. He's like, kingdom sex is the best sex. You know, when you have that partner where you're growing in God together, it's just a different connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, girl, we cut that out. Now that people don't need to hear that. People <laughs> might need to hear that. Sometimes the craziest analogies get people like, oh, well, yeah. Now I get it. Um, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> but great. thank you so much for that. And how do I love that? And you're right. Sometimes we don't feel like doing something, and then when we start to do it, um, you can even use another analogy like exercising. Sometimes like mm-hmm. I'm tired, I don't want to do it. And then after about a few minutes, so especially for me, it's almost like, you know, you start feeling the, the heat or whatever and you're sweating and you're like, okay, this is not so bad. Like, this is all right. It's not that bad. I can go, I go more than 10 minutes. Like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I'm already sweating now. Might as well sweat some more. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm already in it, right? Might, might as well win it. Here we go. I need, to, I need to run off that donut. I need to run off that donut. That's what I need to do. <laughs> but you know, even going into this, like, let's t- look at it from a different angle. Um, from not necessarily um not really feeling like it but look at if whenever like someone hasn't been active in their prayer life and they really don't do it you know like when we're looking to revamp or even start to engaging in a more active prayer life or maybe someone's starting that prayer life and like okay i really want to do this because this is you know very beneficial for me and my growth and you know being able to connect with god because if we don't connect with god on that personal level how are we ever going to grow it's just really not going to happen because we're not going to see him we're not going to truly be able to, to get the essence of him. And if we're not able to do that, you know, then it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point of that? Um, but, you know, kind of like you spent in the relationship, you know, you're not just going to be like, hey, how you doing? Good. All right. Well, we're in it. Let's go and just leave it at that. No, you take that time to get to know that person. You take that time to build that connection. This is going to be the same thing, you know, just to develop the habit of talking to God, you know, in the car, at your desk, while you're getting dressed, walking, exercises, cooking, who knows? I mean, maybe that's just me. I just talk to God anywhere, no matter what I'm doing. Like, yo, what's up, JC? Hope this dinner goes good. Like, let's do this. Um, but, you know, not necessarily make it like a ceremony about it, but just being real about it, whatever that looks like for, for you know, everybody, wherever the spiritual walk is going. But finding a routine that works for, for you, even if it's not what someone else would be doing, that's fine. Because again, everybody's walk is different. But what matters most is the act of prayer, not the eloquent words or the impressive quiet time that we give him. So when you look at it from that perspective, um, let's say someone's coming to you like a new believer, or again, or someone like, well, I haven't really prayed in a long time. How could you encourage them to kind of um, hit that reset button and to be able to, to spend that time with God or kind of help them along that journey? 
So there's actually a couple different ways that being that there's different types of prayer um, and they all impact us in different ways. And so um, depending on, you know, I usually present a couple different options right. um, and the person can pick what appeals to them most and start with that. Um, and none of them take very long. So um, most people have heard of a gratitude journal or writing the things that they're thankful about. And so one of the things that we can do is kind of put a twist on that. And instead of just making a list of things that we're grateful for, we can write them out as thank, thank you statements to God. Like, right. thank you, God, for such a beautiful morning this morning. You are so good to me. Um, and, and writing that, you know, writing how that has impacted you and how much you appreciate it. And then number two, and trying to do like five every day in, a, in your journal, just writing those statements. Thank you, God, for whatever it is. You're so good to me. And really allowing yourself to experience that feeling of gratitude. Right. Um, not only do you get the benefits of gratitude, but in thanking God, it also has the indirect effect of also building your sense of self and your self-esteem. Right. Because innately, we all kind of believe that good things happen to good people. We get good things when you're good. And so when we take the time to thank God for these things every day, then we are also innately and indirectly having the sense of like, oh, God is doing good things for me. Right. So it's not all bad. To cement our, our sense of self and build our true self-esteem. I love that. That's, so that's great, one great advice. And you're after it's fun. The minute you said the gratitude, and I was like, wait a second, I have one. It's it's completely <laughs> out. But I remember a very special person gave it to me. I think it was Christmas two years ago. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> you gave that to me. I, I, okay, yeah, I do remember because I always like to try to give books or journals or something. Yes, you did. Uh, you sure did. This is my thing. Part. <laughs> right here oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah it's all filled out but when you said that, i was like i remember having a, like i still got pages and stuff and stuff <laughs> yes and you're right because it's it's so crazy um and the way i kind of remind myself of like like that art of gratitude is like something we don't even think about like how you know amazingly awesome it is to have a working oven until that oven goes kapooey and then we're like, well, how am I going to cook? I guess I've got a microwave everything. It's almost like we never think about these things, you know, and me, me included, you know. And I thought one of the craziest things I, I, I heard, um, the was like, do you, ever, do you ever go around your house? Like, thank you, God, for this fridge. Thank you for this working toaster. Thank I'm like, nah, who does that? Like, what? It's like, well, we never really think about that because it, it's not something that's like detrimental to our everyday life. Like, oh, I have to have this. I have to have this. But the minute it's gone, we're like, oh, man. Like, I wish my like, fridge was working now, you know, now we got to go find out. Yeah. No, my meat's gone bad now. <laughs> What's it all this money? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that. I love that. And you're right. Those would be very helpful. And especially moments and then, of struggling. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, and then another thing, another um, option to get started with is to, you know, there's a scripture that says, be still and know that he is God. Right. And so sometimes taking that moment to set a timer for five minutes and maybe playing some worship music or something in the background um, or just silence is fine. And just taking that time to sit and, and contemplate, be still and know that he is God 
um, or even just to surrender your will to his. Um, and in that place of serenity, it allows us to resonate with God and so that the rest of our day, we're more likely to be in the flow of God's provision and his grace and his favor instead of in the stressed out, harried, you know, running off here and there, trying to figure everything out on our own, right. you know, taking the time to build that skill and that ability to surrender allows us to then take that into our day. Right. So, um, and setting a timer for like five minutes, is like, you know, everybody's got five minutes. Right. And then the other option that I give people, <laughs> um, I love all this is, wisdom guys, you guys are getting some nuggets here. <laughs> um, I mean, if you could do all of them every day, that would be awesome. But sometimes picking and choosing what we have time for and what we're going right. to, you know, and we can always build from there. It's always good to start where you're at. Um, but one of my favorite things to talk about is the fact that in English, our word to pray comes from the Latin word meaning to beg. And ah. that's really heavily influenced our understanding and use of prayer. Whereas in the, in Hebrew, the word, there's a lot of words for prayer, obviously, but one of the words most use in the Old Testament is tefillah and tefillah like most Hebrew words have complex meanings and whatnot but one of the the biggest meanings is to envision what could be and so it's kind of like visualization whereas but in new age they try to cut God out of that picture and so where visualization prayer is really God's idea <laughs> tefillah that's what it is to envision what could be and so what you do with that is not like um, when I used to fly into a rage when my six-year-old didn't do what I wanted him to do the first time I asked him, like my prayers used to be before I learned about tefillah was God, please make him obey. <laughs> please get this child to listen, <laughs> to do what I say. My child. <laughs> and I was like, are we doing that? No, probably not. And so... When I learned about Tefillah prayer, I learned it's about asking God to help me change and grow, to envision what could be. And so I ran that scene many times. So I knew it really well. Like, just listen, I fly into a rage. I can feel the blood growing, you know, the fire running right. through my veins Filter and then going into my head. And then the train is off station and there's no stop in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I go on my, my ranting and raving lecture. And right. then I feel bad afterwards. And then I apologize, you know, like, and it was like this vicious cycle right? for yelling at my child. So when I wanted to change that, then I learned about to feel a prayer. I, well, I tried all kinds of things, but the most powerful thing for me in changing that behavior was to feel a prayer. And so what I did was I just, I was easy. I just picked one of the many scenes that happened already. And I replayed it in my mind and I put myself in that moment. I remembered what it felt like, but then I remembered and Then I, in my mind, I changed. I imagined the change I wanted to happen. And the change I wanted to happen was for me to be bigger than that problem. Right. I wanted to deal with that with dignity and grace and respect respectful right. for my child, respectful for me. I wanted to handle that with wisdom and patience and calmness. 
So that's what I would imagine. I would imagine reminding myself to do that and then surrendering to God because the train's up the station, you know, and it's hard to stop it. (laughs) True. (laughs) Anger's got to go somewhere. So initially in the beginning, it was too big of a leap to just jump from here to here. So I started my visualization prayer actually with remembering to say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I'd go into the bathroom and I'd calm down and I'd pray. I'd get into that place and then I'd come back out and deal with the situation from that (laughs) grounded place. And then it got to a point where I could just do that in the moment. And I started my visualization prayer to imagine myself and, and feeling like how that feels in my body and, and, and imagining like, you know, the more of your senses that you can get involved with it, the more powerful that it is. Right. Feeling that calmness started to change. And, and now like, there's not a lot of people who remember me in those days that like, that picture me as a rage. <laughs> I've developed a new reputation now. Um, so, well, it's, it's like a, a beautiful transformation that you got to not only be a part of, you know, because of, of your act of surrender, but you got to see that kind of unfold with your kids as well and to see mm-hmm. the change in them through, through your change. That's so beautiful. Right. I mean, and, and, and doing that and slowing that down, I was able to also identify like whenever the thought would pop in my head, he should do what I want him to do the first time I ask him. When I uh, entertained that thought, when I invited that thought to come in for tea, it brought in rage and anger and frustration. Right. And so I learned to say, I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play with you thoughts because I don't like your friends. <laughs> <laughs> you don't bring good stuff to this party. So the answer is no. Yeah, I learned to say, okay, well, that might be true. But if I can't figure out how to change that, how is my six-year-old supposed to figure exactly. out how to change that? Exactly. So, I, I think we get in a lot of trouble like that as parents, like thinking the kids can handle all this stuff and we can't even handle it half the time either. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I learned to answer that thought with like, okay, that might be true, but if anyone's going to figure out how to change this, it's not my ranting and raving. Obviously that doesn't work. Right. So, and for many generations, how's that, how's that going for you? <laughs> doesn't work for anyone. So. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Love but anyway, so tequila prayer was really, visualization prayer was really a powerful tool for bringing change in my life when I had tried everything else right. and I, and nothing else, like sheer willpower didn't work. Trying to count to 10, I didn't remember to do that in the moment. Like, you know, any of these things can be helpful, but I think visualization prayer can be helpful to imagine using it, visualize using it using these tools right and then the and then helping you get from here to there whereas I was like I understand where I need to go I just don't know how to get there (laughs) right (laughs) come on now help me just a little bit just a little bit please (laughs) and it was just five minutes a day setting my timer for five minutes and and of course like everything else I didn't remember to do it every day but (laughs) you know when you do do it you're making a step in that direction and that's the thing to remember is is don't keep, don't stop trying. Right. Don't stop trying anything that you're trying to do. You're, you're going to, it's going to be a bumpy road. And so the only failure is when you quit. Very much so. I agree. I agree. 
um, there, there was a study uh, with the University of Wisconsin-Madison sociologists found that 75% of Americans who pray on a weekly basis do so to manage a range of negative situations and emotions, illness, sadness, trauma, anger, all those things. I mean, I think um, prayer can definitely help us in, in, a, in a variety of ways. Um, there was also a, a um, article in Health and Fitness Revolution. They said, it is very, um, it is that where health benefits of praying can stem over a, a couple of different areas. Um, I'm not gonna read every single word of all these. I'm gonna give you the bullet points. <laughs> I'm not gonna read all of it. Um, it helps, uh, praying brings you closer to yourself, which gives you a better sense of self. Prayer helps regulate your heartbeat, making it stronger and less stress. So it's good for your heart. Um, by minimizing all the life-threatening effects of stress and environmental factors, um, so increases lifespan. Prayer helps you to be humble through prayer. We, we come to realize how large the world is and how minor our problems are compared to it. So it helps improve attitude, um, helps us to open ourselves up to forgiveness. So we gain forgiveness. Uh, when going through a very emotional phase, prayer helps us believe that there is hope in getting through situations. So it gives us hope. Uh, we live in a pressure-filled world where we are constantly being rushed, rushed to take any responsibility to succeed at the top of everything. So it helps relieve stress. While prayer also promotes hope and future, faith is also what keeps a religious person centered and strong. So it helps build a stronger mindset. Um, after a situation leaves you emotionally or physically distraught, recovery is a timely process. So it helps us deal with recovery. Um, the last one says day-to-day -day issues affect our stress levels and mood. So daily prayer keeps religious people looking forward to a better tomorrow. So therefore it maintains a positive outlook in life or helps us to maintain a positive outlook on life. I said, there's a lot within those. I'm like, I'm not going through all that. So those are just like the, the key points. Um, but I agree. I think prayer can actually definitely help with all those. And as I was reading that and I found that I'm like, this is, I believe this to be true um, because it can help with, with the hope and relieving stress and giving us a better outlook and a better sense of ourselves and not not judging ourselves so harshly because, you know, we can tend to do that and hold ourselves in the fire when God's like, I'm not even sure why you're there. Like who put you there? Like what? who yeah. sent you to the furnace? Like what are you talking about? Right? Like I didn't do that. Like who, what's going on here? <laughs> I feel like God's like, Amber, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep doing this? I'm like stop. <laughs> but when you look at like just the, the health benefits too, like that prayer can kind of help with, um, how can you see prayer giving someone a healthier way of life? Um, well, even just with those three different types of prayer that I um, talked about, um, the first one, you know, gratitude is known to give all kinds of health benefits physiologically um, to a person. It lowers blood pressure and, um, make, you know, decreases the risk of like heart attacks and all of that. Um, and then the, the second option um, about being still and knowing that he is God and just being in that quiet place where we still our souls, we still our heart, you know, quiet our hearts. <clears throat> and in a lot of ways, that's a lot like mindfulness, right. you know, just being present in the moment and being aware with, without judgment, just acknowledging in, of what is. Right. And as we know, mindfulness is like kind of like the, the biggest trend right now in almost every field because the health benefits of that um, is there, it's, it's even bigger than gratitude. I think there's a lot more research about that right now going on. Um, but it helps with emotional regulation, it helps with 
relationships, it helps decrease stress, um, and all of those things have positive impacts on the body um, in demonstrated ways. I don't have my facts in front of me, so I don't That's think okay. <laughs> misquote. <laughs> I'm not going to make any, any statistics. Just Google it. The research is out there. <laughs> right. Like I said, like, look, just take this as information, not as my word is oak, okay? <laughs> Um, and then, you know, visualization prayer, I think, can be helpful in, in even making healthy changes for ourselves, like using that as a way of dem demonstrating care for ourselves, right. um, which healthy self-esteem and self-care, they kind of feed into one another. Right. Like if I feel good about myself, I'm going to take care of myself. And the more I take care of myself, the more I'm going to feel good about and value who I am, value myself. Right. And so um, all of those are definitely ways to kind of help. Right. I agree. 100%. I agree. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, so um, before we end up closing here, is there anything you would like to share with anybody, maybe um, given the information, how they can get in touch with you, if they have additional questions or information, or maybe, who knows, maybe they want to schedule a session with you and, and talk about things, or, you know, maybe something you said kind of inspire them to, to just kind of, you know, to get motivated and go foot forward, like maybe if you have a new websites or, you know, social media. Uh, I'm not the best at social media right now, uh, working on that. Um, but I do have a website, lovelightcounseling.com. Um, it's spelled out like L-O-V-E and then light is L-I-G-H-T and then counseling with, this was one L-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. Um, and I can also be reached at, uh, Rachel at lovelightcounseling.com as well through email. Okay. And then I have a business cell that people can call or text. Uh, at 850-291-0978 is my um, business cell. So those are all ways that people can contact me based on whatever's most convenient. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Ms. Rachel Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> As we come to a close, um, if anybody has any feedback, questions, or comments, please, we would love to hear about them. If you would like to get in touch with Ms. Rachel Larson here, um, you can also, also DM me. Um, I would love to pass on that information. Or again, you can go to our website at lovelightcounseling.com, or you can also email her at rachellovelightcounseling.com. I always want to say lighthouse. I don't know why. <laughs> Yes, you can definitely, um, I am on Instagram at Another Woman's Opinion. You can definitely send me a question or if you want to get more information about her, I would, again, love to pass on her information to you as well. If you feel like we said something that kind of inspired you or motivated you, um, please feel free to rate this a five-star review. You can give it to someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you care for, or you just want to keep it for yourself. It's totally up to you. But we both hope that you have a great day. We hope your family is safe and blessed. And until next time, this is Amber Flores with Just Another Woman's Opinion. Thank you.